We are back with another Grow the Bench weekly short. And this morning, I am going to be talking to Mr. Neil Glatz. Hey, Leslie. How are you doing? Life is good, and it is the last Wednesday in August. I can hardly believe it, but it is. And um, I am very interested in, in our conversation today because we're kind of building on last week's blog with Phil, who, you know, he and I did a little role play about what it might look like to increase prices. And now you're coming in from a little bit different angle and talking about how important is price really? So tell me more about that. Well, you know, if you've ever been in sales or around people who have sold, um, or even in a company, eventually the conversation comes up um, where someone says something like, you know, our price is really important or price doesn't matter at all. Mm-hmm. And I've heard both, right? I've heard we have to be competitive and I've heard it doesn't really matter what we charge. We, we need to get it done. And so I called the blog price sometimes matters because in my career selling, I found that sometimes it really did. And sometimes it didn't at all. And I just felt like so many people involved in selling or business in general don't necessarily appreciate that there's a difference. Um, And if you can understand when there's a difference, then you can always make the proper business decision and ensure that you have the right profitability. Okay. So selling value is important. Sure. Right? Um, how is it that you get to that point where you, you've you made the assessment on how important this is to the person that you're currently selling to? Well, it starts with having a great conversation and very quickly building trust and rapport and really taking an interest in everything that they have going on asking lots of questions and asking great questions yes and and finding out the true story of the impact of your product or service um, but if you are able to uh, tactfully weave through those series of conversations before you get to the proposal stage you should really understand the prospect's life and as it relates to the service and the impacts of it and understand what they value and why. And there are times where that's going to be price and there are times where that's going to be not price at all. Understood. Um, the sales cycle is something that can can have a life of its own, but sure. sometimes you need to sell more quickly. How can you get to that kind of bottom line where you're really listening to your customer, but doing it a little bit more quickly. Well, I, I don't think that um, diving deep necessarily means taking lots and lots of time, mm-hmm. right? So you need to be able to build trust right away. Uh, first conversation, first five minutes. And there's tactics to make that happen. Um, but if, if even going beyond that, right, having the right questions prepared in advance and knowing to ask. I mean, most of the times when I talk with salespeople, they don't get the answer because they don't ask the question. Mm-hmm. How's the decision being made? 
how important is price, right? They're just rolling with their own assumptions. So, you know, if I could, if I could really change the world for salespeople, it would be like, just give me 10 minutes of this conversation and this line of questioning around decision-making and price and uh, uh, reason to buy. And I think that you will get so much closer to knowing, and not every time, right? This isn't an exact science, um, but it is scientific in that we can start to approximate better where people will fall and at least be aware that sometimes price does really matter and sometimes it doesn't and there's a difference and try and categorize your prospects and simply having that mentality i think will allow you to do it much better so what do you think about doing some advanced research on somebody that you're going to be seeing that's on your prospect list well you know I, it depends on your your style and your strengths and i think that there's some people who really excel at that mm -hmm. Um, my concern with lots of research is how accurate it is. Uh -huh. And so when you're looking at something or hearing something, it's not directly from the person that you're selling to. And so one example I see all the time or I hear all the time from salespeople is I drove by that property and it looks so terrible. They're doing everything wrong. Mm. They need our service because we're so much better. And you're making all these assumptions, you're bringing all this bias that they really care about what you really care about. And that's just not true all the time. And so that turns into, that, that, that actually crosses over from not beneficial research, not even wasting time, but reinforcing negative uh, uh, you know, impressions or, or biases in the sales process. So I tend not to do it. Um, in fact, when I manage salespeople uh, and they tell me something, I'll always ask them, what did they say that makes you believe that? Or you asked them that question outright and that was their answer. And what I find is they're coloring in between the lines and that's okay so long as they get confirmation that that's really what's happening. And that lack of confirmation is usually where the deals start to fall apart. Um, because sometimes we make bad assumptions. Yeah. So that, that's very interesting because I think that, um, it seems like a natural thing to do to drive by, to do, do the research, kind of figure out what people are potentially wanting or needing. But the key, if I'm hearing you correctly, is really more about talking to the person that you're selling to and understanding what's important to them and why. Yeah. And, you know, that research can be beneficial, you know, if it gives you the right confidence um, and uh, puts you in the right place to have that conversation. And of course, it can be a great jumping off point, right? Hey, I noticed that you did X, Y, and Z. But rather than jumping ahead to, I'm assuming that's a problem, is do you feel like you'd like to improve here? Right. Or mm. I see that you've done these things in the past. Is that something that you're happy with? Or is there anything about that program you'd like to change? Um, I think once you've been selling enough and paying attention, then you don't need to do really any advanced research. So, for instance, I know because I've had the conversation so many times with hospitals for snow removal. Every single time I show up to a hospital with snow removal, 
I'm just going to say, hey, tell me about where the ambulances pull up and any issues that arise in the snow plowing there. Because there's never been a hospital I've been to that hasn't identified that as one of the top priority areas and a constant source of pain. I know this because, not because I did advanced research on what it was like yep. in the winter, yeah. but because the nature of hospitals is that the people who drop off in the ambulance are always dealing with, uh, you know, portable hospital beds or gurneys with really small wheels that don't work well in the snow and get clogged up with salt. And every single ambulance is actually an independent contractor, a different company, right? An yeah. EMT company. They're not employed by the hospital. So they have no problem barking at the hospital staff about how bad their facilities are because they, they're not employed by them. They can't be fired by them, right? And so they're in a rush, they're under stress, they're really rude, and there is a critical function to be performed. And as a result, this is always, in my experience, one of the top three sources of issues for hospital facility managers. Gotcha. And so I, I just roll in with that, you know, but again, I'm not saying, hey, you must have problems here, or it's, I'm curious, is this an issue for you? Because yeah. it has been for other hospitals I've worked with. Yep. And I let them fill that in. And then when we make the conversation about this number one priority, price becomes a third, fourth, fifth, or sixth consideration. I hear you. Yeah, that's that's great. So there there are a number of, of strategies and ways to approach a conversation of this type. Where can people get some some training that if they're, if they're not really hitting their numbers, if they're not doing what they're hoping to do, what can they do? Yeah. So if, if you're not getting enough organic sales or you're not getting profitable enough sales, um, I know of three resources that, that might be really helpful. One is on grow the bench. Uh, we of course have our free course, uh, for introduction to sales, which I'm sure many of our listeners have checked out. Um, but in addition, we have a, but another uh, set of courses. There's about 35 or 40 videos all together currently oh, wow. on sales and, and related goal setting and time management that we've produced. And those are all available with our all access pass, which is uh, $97 a month for 10 users. But um, we're happy to offer a trial to anyone listening to this podcast for 30 days for free to every course on Grow the Bench. You just need to go to growthebench.com, add the monthly all access pass to your cart, and use the coupon code PRICE when you check out to get your first 30 days free. And if you like it, uh, you'll stay subscribed. And uh, if you don't, no problem, just email us and uh, we'll be happy to cancel that before you get charged. Gotcha, it, great if, offer. Yeah, we, and we're happy to help, right? And, and we really see a need for people to raise their prices and people to sell more to stay in business during this. Maybe it's a recession, maybe it's not a recession, but <laughs> if we didn't change the goalpost, then it would have, we would call it a recession, recession, right? Yep. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, we want to really help uh, contractors right now. Uh, in addition, I will tell you about two things that I do with companies who say, Neil, this is great stuff, but we don't have time to mess around. And uh, we need to invest some money to really get the ROI on sales. Yeah. One is we can assess a sales force. 
Um, and we can come in, generate like a 120 page report. I personally review the whole thing. I debrief entirely scientifically what is going on with each of your salespeople, managers and sales leaders, as well as the systems within the company and how they all interplay collectively. I'm not smart enough to design this. I work with the guys uh, who invented the sales assessment more than 30 years ago called yeah. Objective Management Group. Um, it, it is a wild product, uh, but it is an investment. And so if you're interested in learning more about that assessment and report to figure out exactly where you are, uh, you can email me at neil at growthebench.com. But I also, Leslie, talk with lots of people who are like, listen, we have some people, they're not really salespeople, or you know, we had an account manager who was pretty good at sales, but he just quit. Um, we need to get a new salesperson on board. Don't make the same hiring mistake you already did. That same company does candidate assessments, and this process is awesome. I've done it with uh, several companies in the green industry. They all rave about the process because it's so automated. Once we teach you how to write the job listing the right way, where to post it, people apply. They automatically get a response uh, via email and invite them to take uh, the assessment. And you never look at a resume or talk to someone unless they are an all-star, and I'm talking all-star, all-star salesperson. Wow. And every single person who I've placed with this that was recommended exceeded their first sales goals that the company had. That's You're setting a high bar here. <laughs> I, you know, listen, this is how good the science is. Awesome. 92% of the time from objective management globally, when a candidate is hired who's recommended, they become a top performer within the first six months. Man, that's awesome. And and so it is, uh, it's that intensive. Most people who apply fail it, but we have this very repeatable process and um, it's, it's not cheap, but it's a whole lot cheaper than like a headhunter for sales. And... Uh, truly a a data-driven process that um, I personally uh, will guarantee. And in fact, OMG does guarantee it. If that person leaves your company for any reason within six months, uh, you get to go hire somebody else. So wow. um, oh, that's again, awesome. if you're, if you're going to hire a salesperson, we need to have a conversation around that process. I can share with you why it tends to go wrong so often and, and what we could do right. Um, feel free to shoot me an email, neil at growthebench.com, and uh, we can uh, get you filled in so you, you can make sure that you hire someone who will sell for you at the right price. Sounds great. So there's there's a, a great opportunity for a try-before-you-buy situation on growthebench.com. Reach out to Neil if you would like to go deeper, you have more serious concerns, and you really need to have somebody guide you through the process and um, he can help you. So thanks again, everyone, for being here for another Grow the Brunch Weekly Short. Thank you, Neil, and uh, have a great day. Thanks, Leslie.